Hey everyone, it is great to be with you, and I am so thankful that you have joined us today here at our Oak Ridge location from where I am speaking. I get to be with you guys today, which is a great treat. want to say hey to everybody in Kernersville who's watching there, and then everybody that's watching online. We can't see you. We know you're there. Thanks for joining us, and we're wrapping up a series, a short series, we call the One Series, where in week one, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about one decision that affects all decisions in your life. Last week, we talked about the power of one life and the effect that that can have. So today, we're wrapping up, and we're talking about the power of one church, one, 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 just one church, which is odd. It's odd to talk about one church because there's so many churches. In fact, you may not know this, and maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't, but you may not even realize that the reason there's so many churches around our area is because we live in what is called the Bible Belt. The Bible Belt. And some of you are like, heck, I didn't even know the Bible had a belt. Yeah, sure does. Yeah, it's because this part of the country, the southeastern part of the country, like from Texas all the way up to the, you know, the mid-Atlantic area, there's so many churches, just such a high density of churches. In fact, the saying goes, there's a church on every corner, right? You know, you've heard. And it's not literally true. It's like, I know some corners where there are no churches. I mean, literally, I do. But it's just like there's so many churches. And so you're like, there's a church, there's a church, there's a church. And so we live in the Bible Belt, and there's churches everywhere. So to talk about one church is interesting. I mean, there's so many churches, you just drive by churches, and you don't even notice them, Right? It's, just like, it's not like every time you pass a church, you're like, church, church. It's like you just pass them. It's just a part of the landscape. And so when we talk about one church, specifically the Summit Church, our church, it seems a bit peculiar. And we're not the only church. And here's the interesting thing, the encouraging thing. We're also not even the only great church in the triad in this area. There's lots of great churches around. Now, I'm a little partial. I think we're pretty great because of you guys, right? Because what God's doing here, I'm, I'm a little partial. But we're not the only church. We're not the only great church. And what I hope to do in the next few minutes, though, is to help you see with some fresh eyes the power of what we get to be a part of, the power of what we, we have been welcomed into here at the Summit Church. And we're going to talk about the one church, the Summit Church, and, we're, and, and how it applies to the Big C Church, like, not just our church, but the, the, the church of Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about how those two are related. So when we're done, when you walk away, hopefully you will have a fresh perspective of what you are a part of here at the summit. Because as with anything, when you do the same thing over and over and over again, it begins to lose its meaning, its oomph, its uh, freshness. Right? It's kind of like you know, telling your spouse you love you, I love you, I love you, at the end of a phone call, you know, love you, love you, love you, love you. Right? You're not saying it like you mean it. Like the first time you said it, and he looked into your eyes and said, I love you. It was a little breathy. Any, anytime you make anything breathy, it's just more meaningful. Meaningful. See what I'm saying? And so it's like, love you, love you, love you. And at night, you know, you go to bed, you know, this kind of thing. You're like, love you, love you. And, and like, and Donald will say, love you. And sometimes I'm in and out of sleep, and I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's not the same. You do the same thing over and over again. It begins to lose its umph. 
attending church, come to the same church over and over. You attend church, attend church, click on, here we go, I'm watching church. And so after a while, it begins to lose its meaning and its depth and the freshness. So I want to try to reclaim some of that. And so in order to get there, I, I want to define terms real quick. When we talk about church, understand that we're talking about a body, not a building. We're talking about a body, not a building, which is interesting because most churches are identified by buildings. There's a church, there's a church, there's a church. We're talking about buildings. But when you understand church as described by Jesus, you will understand he's not talking about a building at all. He's talking about a body. This is called the body of Christ because it's about people, not a place. People, not a place. People that are on a movement, involved in a movement centered around the mission of Jesus. A literal movement on planet Earth that is accomplishing and caring forward the mission of Jesus. That's what the church is. Not a building, not a place. It's people. It's a body. A movement. Accomplishing what Jesus started on planet Earth. And, and I want to take you back to the very beginning when the church was first mentioned. Because Jesus came up with the concept, and Jesus was the first one to talk about it. And the first recording that we have of Jesus um, saying this, and it's not you know audio recording, it's a written down kind of thing, recording. The first recorded opportunity that we have to peer into what the church is about is when Jesus mentioned it, Matthew records it, and I'm sure Jesus talked about it multiple times because he taught the same things from town to town and village to village. That's kind of the way he did things. But the first time we see Jesus talking about it was right here. When Jesus said, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now, there was a bigger story of what Jesus was talking about here, but in this little soundbite, I will build my church. It's interesting what we learn about the church. First time we've heard the word church mentioned. First of all, it belongs to Jesus. It's his. He said, it's my church. A church does not belong to a denomination. A church does not belong to, good grief, a pastor or, or a group of people. No, it's the body, the body of Jesus, the body of Christ. Jesus said, it's mine. It is my church, and I will build it. Interesting number two, it's him doing the work. He said, I will build my church. That's my job. I will make sure that the church gets built. He's not talking about building. He's talking about a body of people. He said, I will. It's my power. It's my initiative that will accomplish this. And thirdly, nothing's going to stop it. No power of hell, no power of evil, nothing Satan can throw at it. Nothing is going to stop it. Here's why that's so important. What Jesus said he was going to start doing 2,000 years ago, he is still doing today. And that's what you and I are a part of. And to see the power of that is what we need to understand. Jesus said, I'm going to build it and nothing's going to stop it. Let's fast forward a little bit. After the death of Jesus on a cross, the burial of Jesus for three days, and then the resurrection of Jesus, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, about 30 days after Jesus rose from the dead, maybe 40, 30 to 40 days after, Jesus is having a conversation with some of his closest followers, and he wanted to clarify what the focus of the church that was getting ready to get started, that we're a part of now, that he was setting into motion. He wanted to make sure that everybody understood, clarified, what this is going to be about. So we had a conversation. So let's listen into the conversation that Jesus had, one of the last conversations he had with his closest followers right before Jesus left earth and ascended to heaven. It goes like this. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Interesting. 
Because if, if you put yourself in their shoes, you would understand why you're asking this question. You're like, okay, but Jesus is back. We didn't, no one saw this coming. Nobody saw this coming. We didn't even see this coming, even though he told us about it. We forgot. He's back. Like he back and now we back kind of thing. They killed him. They killed him. And so now Jesus, Jesus is back. Oh, we know what's going to happen. He's going to throw down. He's coming. It's going to happen. I mean, Jesus was nice and all. Oh, you got the nice side of Jesus in his ministry. But now he's back. So he's going to put Caesar in his place. He's going to put Rome in his place. He's going to put the religious leaders in their place. And everybody's going to know that Jesus is boss. And Jesus, is go- we're going to take over. Jesus, we're going to take over now. And you and I, because we're with you. Remember, Jesus, we're with us. We're the guys, right? We're your dudes. And so we're all going to take over. Is it now time for us to kick butt, take names, and take over? Yeah. They were interested in power. They were interested in power, domination, and taking over in the culture. It was political, and it was selfish. In the name of Jesus. Sound familiar? We're still doing it. We're still doing it. We take nationalism, and we marry it to following Jesus. Now, Make no mistake, following Jesus should affect every, everything. But those are not the same. Allegiance to country and allegiance to Christ are not one and the same. And see, back then they were already, it's human nature. They were wanting to make it one and the same. We're going to take over, we're going to take over, and then we're going to put Rome away, and Caesar's gone. And now, yeah, come on, Jesus is king, and here we go, and he's back, and he's alive, and he's ticked about it. And this is great, and so we're going, we're going to, yay. Watch what Jesus said. Well, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. In other words, he's saying, it's coming. It's coming. One day the kingdom will come, and I will rule as king on earth. That day is coming, okay? They are not for you to know. Wrong focus, boys. Oh, we're going to power. We're going to take over. And Jesus is like, no, that's not what I'm about. That's not what this is about. That's not what my thing is about. That's not what this church thing is going to be about. That's not what following me is going to be about. Okay, that will, that will come. But really, that's not your business. Interesting how many churches and how many Christians spend all their time trying to figure out what Jesus said. You, that's, not, that's not your business. You can't figure that out. You want power? They want power. Jesus said, I... I'll give you power, but it's not what you're going to think. Watch this. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, that's what they wanted. They wanted power. They didn't see it like this. They wanted it for themselves, for the domination, take over, even in the name of Jesus. But you, you get power. You will be my witnesses. That's what you're going to do with the power. You will be telling people about me everywhere. Everywhere? What does that mean? He said, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, until the ends of the earth. Jesus said, I'll give you power. Power's a part of it, but it's not the kind of power you think it is, and you won't do with it what you think you will do with it when you get it. Number one, it's from the Holy Spirit. It's, a his, it's, his, it's the Spirit's work in you. And when you get it, you're not going to take over. That's not the game plan. We're not, that's not, we're not playing like that. We're not going to dominate. We're not going to take over, even in my name. It's not, it's not what we're doing. That, that day's coming. It's in the future. The kingdom will come and all that kind of stuff, but we're not doing that right now. It's not what the church is. When you get power, here's your job. Here's the play you're going to run for the next 2,000 plus years. You're going to tell people about me. You're going to point people to me everywhere. Different, different focus, right, for the church. And, and so be, be, very, be very wary. 
as the church that Jesus started gets leveraged for other things. We don't want to be involved in that. What do we want to do? We want to stay true and pure to the purposes for which Jesus started the church. That's telling people about me everywhere. That's what Jesus said. So fast forward. Fast forward just a few days after that. Just Maybe just a couple of days after that even. The church got started at the festival of Pentecost. It, it got kicked off. Peter was preaching and teaching and telling people about Jesus. And sure enough, just what Jesus said happened. The, the power came from the Holy Spirit and helped kickstart this whole thing. And what got started then, we're a part of now. And you just see the power and the purity of it and the focus of it. Let's look. This is what happened. Those who believed what Peter said, because he was teaching about Jesus, so he believed it. They put their faith in Jesus and what Peter was saying. They were baptized and they were added to the church that day. About 3,000 in all, which is interesting to me because the church went from about 120 people to 3,120 people in one afternoon. Talk about church growth. Wow. Amazing. I mean, and listen, there are, the average size church in the world um, is 75 people. 75 people is the average size church. And there's nothing wrong with that. It is what it is. Uh, small churches do great work. Large churches do great work. Uh, small churches can do things that large churches cannot do. Large churches can do things um, just from sheer numbers that smaller churches may not have the opportunity to do, but they're all needed. They're all a part of it. So it's not a good thing or bad thing. It's just a thing thing. Different sizes. But I have been around lots of people that say, well, you shouldn't be worried about church growth, church growth. And I'm just like, did you see this? Did you see this? Like 3,000 in, in one day. For those of you that are type A detailed personalities, I mean, it immediately makes you pucker. You're going, how well we're going to do? There's 3,000 people. Right? We're going to do all this. I mean, we don't have supplies. We don't have, how are we going to feed them? How do we make that much coffee? And all this kind of stuff. Watch. All the believers, this is what we're a part of. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Can you imagine? Can you imagine learning from the guys that Jesus taught? Jesus taught them, now they're teaching you. I mean, it's like your second generation hearing it. They were taught by the guy, and now you're being taught by the guys that were taught by the guy. Sorry, y'all don't get that here. Okay, just do the math. It's, I'm not that old. But they devoted themselves to that and to fellowship. Connections, see that? Relationships with people, it's a very important part of what the church is about. And in the sharing of meals, you've heard me say this before maybe, don't ever forget it, food is spiritual. Food is spiritual. You can't build a great church without food being involved somewhere in some way. I mean, it's right here, you'll see it again, including the Lord's Supper, which we will talk about here in just a few minutes. But this is what they were doing. This is what they were doing. This is what we're a part of. And prayer, Jesus said, when you gather prayer, it is to be something you commit yourself to and in your lives, this to be a primary focus? This is what we're a part of. He goes on, and I love this. He said, a deep sense of awe came over them all. This is, this is like <gasps> wonder and amazement awe, not like, aw. We gotta go to church, aw. Not like that. This is like amazement awe. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Wouldn't you have loved to have been there to see that? How amazing. Now, I know some of you are thinking, you're going, oh, why don't you do that? Why don't you do them signs and wonders? Where are the signs and wonders? All right, look up in here. Let me clarify this for you. I ain't an apostle. I ain't an apostle. Right? An apostle is someone who lived and talked and walked with Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus gave these guys special ability to do things, to validate the kicking off and the starting of the church in that first century. He gave them the ability to do things 
That, and you're like, well, I know. Some of, listen, I know there are pastors out there that give themselves. They give each other titles. Christians give each other titles all the time. It kind of makes us feel better about ourselves. But that's why we're not big on titles around here. It's, it's just, you know, well, I know a guy that's called an apostle. Really? So he walked and talked with Jesus kind of thing. Interesting. I'd love to have lunch with him or her, whomever. Interesting. But that, I'm, I'm not that. But let me clarify one more thing. Anything God did do, he can still do. God is a God of miracles. God still does miracles in ways that are way above my pay grade, in ways that I can't even hardly explain. Anything God has done, he can still do. We're not limiting God, but I'm just, just saying. This was an interesting, um, interesting detail here. And, and, and we're a part of, of the, the outflow of all this. Let's keep going. And they met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and then shared the money with those in need. See, back then, when you were hashtag blessed, this is what you did. It wasn't just for scrolling purposes. No, I mean, when God blessed you, you were part of this first group of people. This is, this is how the church got started. How far have we drifted in our world from how we got started? This is what it was about. Hmm. Look at this. And they worshiped together at the temple each day. And they met in their homes, met in their homes for the Lord's Supper. Yeah, sounds like a small group, doesn't it? And they shared their meals. There's food again with great joy. And they were so generous. They were so generous. All the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. This is what we're part of. The Lord added. This is huge. The Lord, the reason this is so important is because this is what Jesus said he was going to do. Jesus said, I will build my church. I will do it. And now you see it. The Lord is adding to it. The Lord is adding to it. And it's building momentum. And it's getting stronger and more effective. I heard this many, many years ago, and I've never forgotten it. And I love saying it. I did not come up with this. There's nothing like the local church when the local church is working right. There's nothing like the local church in the community when the local church is working right. Now, it's not about being perfect. This is not a perfect church. We are not a perfect church primarily because, and first of all, I'm not a perfect pastor. And, and then there's all y'all. <laughs> but anyway, let's just start with me, okay? I'm not a perfect church. I, I, I said this before, and I love saying it because it just connects. You know, if you knew about me what God knows about me, you wouldn't come hear me preach. But if we knew about you what God knows about you, we wouldn't let you in. Okay? So even. We're not perfect. But with all my heart, I want us to be a church that gets it right. How do we know when we're getting it right? How do we know when we're getting it right when we start looking more and more like what we just read in Acts chapter 2? Right? That generosity and that giving and devoting ourselves to, to the teachings of Jesus and, and connecting together and, and all of that prayer and worship and all of those things. And the community is better because we're here. The community is getting better because of the effect of the love of Jesus through the body of Christ. And God is still doing it. Jesus is still adding to his church. I look, I look back on the last years of the summit, and you're like, God, God's done it. God's doing it here through the summit. Now, this is not about the summit. What I'm getting ready to say in the next few minutes is not about, yay, summit, patting ourselves on the back. It's not about that. It's about, yay, Jesus, he's doing what he said he was doing. And here's just one small example. When you look at one church and the power of one church, are you kidding me? I, I think back to the days at Southeast Middle School in Forsyth County, when we, we were those early days, and, and maybe some of you that are here watching online were there in those early days when... 
I mean, it's just hard metal chairs and packing people in, and people were standing in this small little auditorium that's a cafeteria at the same time, and it's an auditorium. It's all kinds of weird things during the week, but here we're in this middle school, and we began to grow, adding services, and we built, uh, we bought land and then built a building and continued to grow. I can remember um, there was like for 18 months, we had five services a weekend, five identical services a weekend. I spoke five times. And we played five times, did everything, greeted people five times, we'd park cards five times, everything. Two on Saturday night and three on Sunday morning. And it was a blast, but it about killed us. And God continued to add, and we're like, yeah, we've got to figure it out. We got, can we use technology? Can we use technology to figure out a way to do this smarter? And, and we're like, hey, wait a second, we've got a group of people in the northwest Guilford area, a group of people that are driving there from Kernersville. And what if we just got all those people together, and like at Oak Ridge Elementary School, and, and, and then we use technology, and we start. We start, uh, 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 yeah, start that there. And that's how this got here in, in Oak Ridge. And we grew, and we grew, and we grew, and bought land, and built a building. You're like, we're going, to do, we're going to do another one, third one? Uh, probably, probably. You're like, when? I don't know. I told you I wasn't an apostle. I can't predict the future either. So I don't say why not. We're constantly looking for the next opportunity. But you know what? The Lord's not done. God's not done. Jesus is not done adding to his church. Now we're a church of two locations. But by the way, side note, uh, those of you in Oak Ridge, if you've never worshiped with your church family in Kernersville, one week, you ought to drive to Kernersville location and, and worship with them there. Kernersville people, listen, y'all ain't never been here. You ought to come to Oak Ridge one weekend and, and worship with your church family, your brothers and sisters here. You'll meet somebody. If you're single, we just might have what you need at the other location. You never know. You never know. The Lord works in mysterious ways. Yeah, we're, we're a part of something so much bigger than just what we think. And online, I mean, here we go. We got more and more people joining us online than ever before. And so you're a part of our church. You're a part of our church, part of what we do. We survived a pandemic together. Now we're a church of, I don't know, 3,500, 4,000 people, depending on the weekend. And so there's a lot of people that you don't get to see and you don't know. And then what, we, what we're a part of is so much bigger, so much greater than we could possibly imagine. But let me be clear. The power, the power of this one church is seen out there, not in here. In here is important. In, in here is great. In here we worship, and we connect, and we pray, and we learn. But the power of a church is seen out there, not in here. We are much more the church when we scatter than when we gather. And the reason we gather, and literally that's what the meaning of the church is, um, church is an ecclesia, that's the Greek word Jesus used, and it means to gathering, and so... We gather for a purpose, not just so we can say we were there. No, we gather so that we can scatter because we're much more the church when we scatter than when we gather because when Jesus said, here's the mission of the church, here's what he said, go. Go into all the world and, and tell people about me everywhere. Go, go into all the world. And we saw it in Acts. You're going you're gonna to go be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and then you're going to go everywhere with it, to the ends of the earth, even to places like Samaria where the other side of the tracks, you don't want to go there, you're going to go there because it's everywhere. Go, go, go. The, the mission is not, y'all come. The mission is, take this and get out of here. Go. Go, go be the church out there. And when we are being the church, run, running this play, here's what happens. It changes what people think when they hear the word church. We said this for years. At the summit, we want to change what, the taste in people's mouths. We want to change the taste in people's mouths when they hear the word church. 
Yeah, because most of the time it's not a good taste in people's mouth. Church, uh no, no, no. Church, you see, we talk about being a church for uh, those who've given up on church, de-church people. Yeah, and, and being a church for people who've never been, never been to church anywhere except to marry somebody or bury somebody. We meet those people all the time. And so we're so glad you're here. We want to be a church for unchurched people. And, and listen, we want to be a church for rechurched people. We just want to be a church for anybody that wants to be a part of what Jesus is doing on earth through his kingdom work here and now. And more importantly than just changing what people think when they hear the word church, we will change what people think when they hear the word and the name Jesus. So much more important. People hear the name Jesus around here. We want to be very clear and simple that this is about Jesus. We're for him. He is for us. We want to be clear about what it means to trust him and then to follow him, to receive his love and then to share his love and to love first because he loved us first and that's just simply how we do it. Life is hard enough. We don't have to make this complicated. Following Jesus is not going to be easy, but it doesn't have to be hard to understand. We believe that because of what we read and we see in Jesus' own words and how he led those that followed him when he was on earth. And the beauty of this and the power of this is seen out there, not just in here. In fact, we are much more the church when we scatter than we would gather. And the powerful result is that lives are changed. Lives are changed. People like you and me. And it's easy to see what, what's happening. If you look around in the triad and you're a part of the summit, I mean, you can just see it, how, how the summit serves. Again, not patting us on the back. Because this is the work of Jesus. He's building his church. But I want to thank you for being such a, such a um, emboldened people to serve our community, our community to, to be just unapologetically. We're going to serve people. We're going to walk into the messes and we're going to just serve our community. We're going to serve our schools. We're going to find out what the need is in the Oak Ridge area, the Northwest area, in the Kernsville area, in Winston-Salem, Greensboro, High Point. We're going to find where the needs are and we're going to do everything we can to meet those needs. And we're just going to serve. Thank you for serving. Thank you for serving. I, I'm so inspired by how you serve. Jesus is so inspired by how you serve and carry his mission. And you might be sitting there going, well, I, don't, I don't serve. I just come sit in the seat. Well, I ain't talking to you. I'm talking to everybody else. The serving. But that's what you get. Hey, don't you want to be a part of this? Right? And you're so generous. I, I love the generosity. You see the generosity in our local schools. You see it in the community. You're so generous. I've never been a, a part of a more generous church that gives like, like, like you give of themselves. And it's just so Acts chapter 2, what we just read. I love seeing it. And again, maybe you're going, I don't give. I ain't talking to you. I'm talking to everybody else that does. But this is what you're a part of. This is what you're a part of. And here's why you should serve. Here's why you should give. It's all a part of what Jesus started. And we saw it in the book of Acts. And it's what we're a part of still today. So it's easy to look around the triad and see it. But did you know? Did you know? Here's something else you're a part of, and you may not even realize it. We've been planting churches from day one. Do you know there are no less than eight churches in the triad area alone that we have helped plant and start? You're a part of that. You may not even realize it. You're a part of that. At least eight Right? I can think of eight immediately, and there's probably more. We've been a part of church planting from Baltimore years ago, now currently in the city of Boston. We're partnering with some new churches there in the Boston area, and we may be able to send some teams in the coming months. Be listening for that. 
Um, not just here, we, we plant churches in Burkina Faso, West Africa. We can't send teams there right now because it's too dangerous. They've shut it down because of terrorism and outside groups can't come in. Maybe one day we'll be able to get, get back in there, but the work is continuing. The work that we have done to, to be a part of in, in training locals there to start and lead churches and build wells and all that still happening. Nicaragua, Peru, Built, we built a, a, a compassion site through your generosity just a couple of years ago. During the pandemic, we built a compassion site and, and maybe have an opportunity to be able to go see that in the future. And soon to be Scotland. Oh, that's Scotland. Church planting in Scotland, starting new churches there. It's, it's so much of what we know in our faith in this country came from Scotland. And now Scotland is not just post-Christian. Scotland is like pre-Christian. It's like, they, they're like, no, it's just not. The Church of Scotland is basically non-existent. And so now it's like, now we get to start all over again. It's amazing how that happens, and we're a part of that. Here's something else we're a part of that you're a part of. I'm telling you, the power of one church. We all come together. Recently, we had a, um, an organization come to us that supplies tablets, smart tablets, for incarcerated individuals in jails and prisons and correction facilities come to us and say, hey, could you send us your series? Could you send us your church services, music and everything? We want to put these on the tablets for, for those that are in these facilities. Because of the pandemic, uh, church services in jails and correctional facilities and prisons are almost a thing of the past, almost completely not heard of anymore. It's just not happening. Uh, the world has changed. And so this is how these individuals are getting to experience church. And I cannot tell you the response. It's just amazing. We're getting letters all the time. I've got six letters just this week. Individuals saying, thank you so much. Thank you so much. My life is being changed. Uh, thank you for the music. The music is great. Uh, Jesus is changing my life, and I'm so encouraged. And this helps me because this is growing in my faith and, and all this kind of stuff. And they share a little bit of their stories. In fact, it's so overwhelming. We're getting ready to put together a team of individuals uh, from both locations that can be trained to help us correspond back and forth with these individuals. Some training is involved. It's just a great opportunity. Hey, listen, I'm, let me just do this. For those of you who are in jails and prisons, correction facilities, we can be your church. You're a part of us. We're part of you. Welcome. We're so glad that we, through technology, can share this with you, the love of Jesus, the truth of Jesus. In fact, let me just stop right now and pray for you. You guys, bow with me. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters. Father, I ask right now that you would greatly strengthen the men and women are brothers and sisters in jails and prisons, correction facilities. And we thank you for the opportunity to be able to share this with them. How, how amazing it is that your truth spans technology. And Father, for those that are there because they made unwise choices somewhere in the past, that put them where they are. May they know your forgiveness and your healing and the hope that comes from Jesus. For those who are there unjustly, with whom the system failed, 
May they know that justice ultimately rests in your hands. And I ask that you give them strength and give them peace. And may they know the hope of Jesus. And regardless of who's watching, from where they're watching, may these things help people take their next step towards you. In Jesus' name, amen.